Hello and welcome to another episode of the We're All Idiots podcast. It's Faraz from London. And Ten Weir from Perth. So as you know, we always want to bring you guys value and raise awareness about topical issues and initiate conversations about things that we, we usually avoid. This week, we're very lucky to be joined by Amira Hunter, who is a heartbreak coach and a wellness influencer. So thank you for joining us this week. Thank you for having me. Did I say your name right? Yeah, Amira. <laughs> I'll get there. So um, yeah, so thanks thanks for joining us this week. Um, do you want to just tell us a little bit more about what it means to be a heartbreak coach and a wellness influencer so people can get a bit of a broader picture of uh, what you do? So I work with women to help heal their past and their through and help them through their breakup in order to make sure that they make better relationship decisions later on. Um, and a wellness influencer, I help look at life holistically and help them create wellness decisions that will better themselves again for the future to create to get themselves to that higher being that they want to be at, you know so it's a, it's it's linked in together so I do nutrition I do healthy eating I do fitness everything in one so it's just helping women to elevate them to get to where they want to be at wow that's yeah that's cool because I think it's it's more than just like mindset then on one particular aspect it's like looking at everything and how you can help exactly and I think that the best way to describe a heartbreak coach is I feel like heartbreak is a very isolating time and no matter how many self-help books you read or no matter how many you know people you discuss sometimes you just need a professional person to turn around and be like these are the steps you need to do to get to where you want to be at um, and that's why I coach women through their heartbreak. I specialize in narcissist um, recovery as well. So that's a little bit different to a normal breakup. You know, your normal um, plain breakup is very different to a narcissist breakup, um, which I know we're going to get into in this podcast. So, Yeah. So so what got you into this space in the first place? Because um, it's so niche. It's not like something you, <laughs> about when you're 10, 12 years old, I want, when I grow up, I want to be, I want to be a heartbreak coach yeah. yeah no so I basically was in a relationship for five years with someone um who was a narcissist and it was a it's not your, it was a, not a typical breakup and I remember I was very public with my relationship I have a big platform and and a lot of women would come to me for like relationship advice and all this fun stuff and I thought wait a second I'm sitting here and putting my relationship on show and I'm not willing to show the the heartbreak part of it. And oftentimes I feel like women, we're, we're plagued with guilt and resentment and shame and all these different emotions. And I wanted to show my journey. So as I started posting my journey through my heartbreak and my breakup, loads of, it attracted loads of women. And I realized there were so many women that were going through what I was going through. Um, and and with, not, with narcissistic men. So that was definitely something that I was like, okay, right, I need to sit down and I can't answer every, you know, DM or email individually. So I set up my company and my business. Um, I got my qualifications as a, as a life coach and got into heartbreak coaching. Wellness influencing was a little bit different though. It kind of came naturally to me. I've always been very conscious of what I consume. Um, and I just didn't want to do the typical, you know, fashion influence. And it just wasn't the route for me. I, my, my background was in modeling. So I just wanted to do something and show the other side of, um, you know, life and show people that there's different types of influencing you can do. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be. Yeah. 
that narcissistic um, abuse that you talked about, I think it it does need a lot of awareness and talking because, as you said, you know, you when people go through narcissistic abuse, they they don't realize it's it's such a roller coaster and it's just, it's yeah. you're so deep into it. I've had ex- some experience with um, narcissism before in my life as well, and it's um, you you you're right. It's just so completely out of the ordinary that um you don't even know what hit you and and it's when you come out of it and you come out of the other side at the other side and you start learning more about it you just realize how you know how powerful it is um and 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 the the thing is that there is a lot more narcissism from all my reading that i've done um there's a lot more narcissism uh in out there in the society then it's diagnosed because it's it's very difficult to diagnose isn't it exactly. i mean what's been your experience in- exactly so one of the issues that you'll find with, we use narcissism as a description now almost as an insult so oftentimes people go through breakups and be like they were a narcissist they were and mm-hmm. it's not that not i i like to look at narcissism on a spectrum So instead of on one end, you have NPD, which is narcissistic personality disorder, which is a mental health disorder. And then you have elements. I feel like we all have elements of narcissism. Um, You know, we take selfies. We, we, you know, we love ourselves now. We're a generation of self-love and being quite selfish, which is um, which is great in some respects. But there is the downfall of 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 that as well. And I think the reason why often we don't talk about these things is because people are just not aware because oftentimes how do you, you know, a narcissist is not having paranoid thoughts or acting out um, hallucinations. You know, they are just the biggest telltale sign for a narcissist is their need for control or, you know, their, their sense of grandiose like self. Um, So these are the the things. And oftentimes you'll find narcissists tend to be very successful people in their careers because they've been able to, they're very good at people pleasing and people. um, So I think that's why it's a really difficult conversation to have. And I think podcasts like this are so important because people might not even realize that they're, they're suffering from narcissistic abuse. They might think, Oh, this is not right. I'm in a toxic relationship, but Actually, yeah. narcissism isn't just in relationships as well. It can be, which we're going to get into, can be with a narcissistic mother, a narcissistic father, a narcissistic boss. It's such a big issue at the moment. It's it's probably affecting you know, anyone. It can affect anyone. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you know what I find interesting is, I guess in a relationship um, context, no one really knows well, until until you have more and more relationships, no one really knows what a normal relationship really even looks like. Because obviously you can get outside perspective on, okay, is this normal? Is this not normal? But at the end of the day, everyone keeps a lot of stuff to themselves when it's when it comes to relationships. So when you have certain things that are going on in your relationship, you don't know whether that's just how things are sometimes or whether you're overthinking things or actually if you're in something that you shouldn't be in. Yeah, so this is why I was like, I'm going to use my, this is exactly for us why I chose to do what I do, because 
I had this platform and all these other influencers go through breakups and they go through life and they are like, everything's hunky-dory. It's not. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to, I wanted to be like, you know what? Like, it's horrible. Going through a narcissistic breakup is awful. And I'm going to tell you how to get over that because nobody taught me. And if I can help one person, that was my goal. I was like, if I can help one person change, you know, and make sure, you know, change their mindset and realize that they're not deserving and their narcissistic breakup doesn't mean that they're not deserving of love. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my my goal. And, and that's the thing. It takes conversations and uncomfortable situations for us to realize, you know, nobody gives us a handbook on what's the perfect relationship. And nobody tells us that actually our relationship, I, I really believe that, and studies have shown that your childhood has such an effect on your relationships in future life. So that's why it's so important that we get it right when people, when people, we're, we're children, because it has such a massive impact on when we are adults. Yeah, that's really important point because, again, from uh, some of the books that I've read with narcissism, and there, you know, there seems to be a pattern with um, with a lot of people who go through narcissistic abuse until until they educate themselves and they come across um, platforms like you have, you know, they, they're in, they're stuck in a pattern and they have no idea why. And it's that trauma bonding from childhood just playing out, isn't it? And it's, um, it's just difficult to get out because that's the familiar uh, pattern. Yeah. It, it might be whatever they have, the the chaos they've gone through as as children. Um, maybe they're like you mentioned before. The par- maybe the parents were narcissists, and 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 that's all they're familiar with. And somehow um, they just get attracted to those kind of people. And narcissists actually seek out these people as well, don't they? Um, so they're not. Sorry, go. On. Yeah, so with narcissists, um, I think that not so narcissists are formed when there's either a lack of boundaries, and that can be either through neglect. So you can have a neglectful parents, um, or that a narcissist can be created from being overindulged as well. So you know, we have this thing like, oh, one of our siblings. I don't know if you guys have this, but we always mm-hmm. laugh and say one of our siblings is like the golden child. But oftentimes, if that there's such a lack of boundaries that will create narcissism often as well what what people need to understand and this is something that when I work with clients I really emphasize is if you have grown up in a narcissistic household um oftentimes you're not you're not you haven't been taught how to love you've learned how to survive so what happens is it, it comes down to your attachment theory so narcissists will go for usually people that have an attachment, a certain attachment style, which is called insecure attachment style. Mm-hmm. So that often leads to them needing to be people pleasers, which obviously if you're a narcissist, you need someone to to make you feel good. You you have because you're you're basically essentially an empty vessel of emotions. That's the way the best way to look at a narcissist is. Mm-hmm. So it's someone that needs to feed off of different supplies to gain emotional emotional satisfaction. So with narcissists is People think by neglect, we mean like abuse. It's not only that. It can be something as little as when you cried as a child and that need wasn't met by your parent. So it's it, it's such a huge variety of different things. And an- another issue with narcissism, which directly links into it, which is more the therapy side, um, which I don't actually do, my, my business partner does, is um, generational trauma. A lot of narcissism is actually fed through generational trauma. And that's a conversation that is very important to have as well, because 
it it really does propel narcissism narcissistic traits and narcissism in individuals as well um just just to ask there what is generational trauma what do you mean by generational trauma so this is for me i'm like, i'm taking this as an education session <laughs> you guys seem to be yeah, yeah. knowledgeable on this than i have so generational trauma is trauma that's basically passed through um um, generations of people it's a psychological term that talks about trauma that's uh, transferred in between different generations so if you're maybe a generation maybe your parents came to England in the 70s when it was racist and all the trauma that they suffered then that is then passed through DNA to us um, but science behind it is definitely something that you should all look into because it's phenomenal it's so interesting to, to learn but the way that it is passed through is it's a chemical mark in a person's genes. So that's how it's passed through. So it alters the mechanism of that gene. Um, so the way that narcissism would be passed down is say if your mother's mother was a narcissist. So narcissistic mothers are a huge, huge thing. So you you carry in life, you have mother wounds and father wounds. And that's what um, we'll get into again further on. Um, but with, with, um, with mothers they will pass that on. So in their DNA, they won't, might not even realise it, but they're passing that on to their daughters. So they'll re- so daughters will have narcissistic traits. And, you know, as women, we go, oh, I'm really starting to remind myself of my mother. That can actually just be done through that that chemical marker in your genes. It, it's amazing what the, like, biological effects can be as well. And I guess, you know, what people kind of think about, like choosing a partner as such and and working out like how you raise your child there's so many things that you're passing on without even knowing that you're passing it on to your children and then there's yeah. the other sides of it where you will potentially do things at home and you think like say for example if I don't know arguing or anything that you yeah. were doing behind closed doors for example yet mm-hmm. you're completely exposed to this stuff and there's so many things that could happen at like three, four, and you think the child's too young to even understand or comprehend what's going on. And this is all the information they're picking up. It's just more and more information they're picking up. And that forms, I guess, the norm in their head of what love or mum and dad look like. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. So the issue is, so when we have arguments, oftentimes we'll, parents think oh I don't want to argue in front of the kids it's more psychologically damaging but what happens is that child picks up on that energy and and knows there's an argument they're like mom and dad so what happens is is, um mom and dad were never argued but then mom and dad are getting a divorce why why is that it must have been something I did maybe it's I I read a, a story once where a boy his father used to say you know you need to switch the light off in the bathroom and he forgot to switch off the light in the bathroom one day and um he left and he was like his his dad left and he he generally fought for years it's because he didn't switch off the light in the bathroom so having that communication with your children is so important and parental style it's very individual but it's so important that as as you know as a parent I'm not a parent yet but I know for me, when I'm a parent, having that, like, mummy and daddy are arguing, but it's going to be okay. Normalizing communication is so important because then that leads to a thing called attachment style. So in narcissism, um, it's all down to do with attachment styles. So some people may find themselves going, why did I attract a narcissist? It's because of your attachment style. So a narcissist has a attachment style called avoidant. 
what avoidant attachment styles means is that they like to maintain distance in relationships and they claim often you know how you can tell someone has an avoidant attachment style is that they um claim that they don't need another person um but they also also are very kind of sensitive to critique um they won't have many friends as well so avoidance so that is very attractive so they attract someone called an anxious attachment style and anxious attachment style people are basically people pleasers so they will sit there and they'll feed that like oh you know the narcissist will run from them and they'll be like why is he running from me like why is she running from me I need to chase her and that feeds the narcissist um as well and that uh, uh, supplies them an emotional supply um you can change your attachment style um it takes a lot of conscious work um it takes it you have to reparent yourself um and the ways in which to do that is by journaling you know cooking your favorite meal basically doing the things that you would do and treating your inner child uh, you know and giving the love to the inner child that it didn't receive through you know your parents um those mm. are things you have to you have to do in order to change your attachment style because if you don't change your attachment style you will still forever keep attracting narcissists so because narcissists look at you as as an easy target when you have a anxious attachment style you'll sit there and you'll call their phone constantly or you'll sit there and you'll you know, do hoops and, and all these tricks to be like, look how great of a partner I am or how great of a child I am or how great of a daughter-in-law I am or brother-in-law I am or whatever. And this is mm. the thing that narcissists, again, back, they are yeah. an empty supply of emotions and they need that. So you're feeding that whole idea of self-views. They have a very infl- inflated self-view. So if you're sitting there and your attachment style is anxious and you're getting upset when they don't answer and you're going... I love you. I need you. Why are you not? Why are you not doing? Like, why are you not reciprocating this? It's just because an, a true narcissist they maintain distance. So they'll maybe give you a little bit and then take it away, a little bit and then take it away, and it's almost addictive. And 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 that's why it takes a long time. Lucky for you, Tanway, you you got out a lot. Um, you know, you noticed the signs and you got out quickly. But a lot of people, it takes years to realize that. What am I in? And it's so isolating because what narcissists do is they control so many different elements of your life that you essentially just become you know a very much a a, a piece in their chess game it's it's yeah this is why narcissism is so so dangerous and powerful isn't it because they they are really they're expert manipulators they and all the gaslighting that goes on in the in the relationship that just changes your whole psychology because you just start questioning so many things uh, that you're doing like you like you mentioned about you're just waiting for you might be waiting for a call or you might be chasing them it's it, it's all really well planned isn't it and and again i say you know I've, I've been very lucky but i've read people being in narcissistic marriages and relationships for 10 15 years i can't even imagine what kind of you know what their uh, state must be because if when you get gaslighted for that long and when you are constantly on eggshells for that long Mm -hmm. because narcissists just keep you held in that um to to get that narcissistic supply um it's just so devious isn't it and it's um yeah, it's, it is very, very dangerous because it goes undiagnosed again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's The effects of narcissistic abuse on a person is horrendous. It 
it is awful when I have worked with clients that have been in narcissistic marriages for like 30 years it's awful because they have no sense of self so they question their sanity to gaslighting you know when you're Mm. constantly being told that didn't happen you're making it Mm. up you're crazy you question your own sanity like you start thinking oh am I the crazy one like uh what what's going on um you know you have a mistrust for people that support you your own family your own friends because the narcissist was able to infiltrate your brain so much that you think that the only person that actually cares about you is the narcissist you know and you feel abandoned you do feel abandoned and imagine being in a marriage or even 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 in a relationship of one year you're gonna feel abandoned because you have no friends oftentimes they'll alienate you from family and friends so that's a massive issue as well also people bringing it back to this your sense of self they don't because their focus is so much on giving emotional supply they're so drained that they kind of disconnect from their own wants and needs as well if you're a victim of narcissistic abuse so those are all things that are horrible they're horrible things to be subjected to but it's happening and oftentimes as well what what it is with a narcissist is they have enablers so narcissists will have friends and family that will be like oh he just you know she or he just does that um you know just just mm. leave it like it's this is what happens and oftentimes the owners say for in a in a relationship of a man and a woman and if you have a narcissistic male partner people just be like oh that's just men you know that's just men or or even if you had a narcissistic um female partner it, oh that's just women and i think that's the whole problem um when you are a victim of narcissistic abuse you sort of idealize the narcissist and you obsess in making the narcissist happy um and you're always trying to gain the narcissist's favor so imagine you put all your energy constantly into making someone else's life great you don't have your, your your cup is empty so this is why it's so difficult and this is why a lot of women and men don't leave their narcissistic relationships because it's scary it's horrible it's so isolating and again exactly why I wanted to do coaching because if I had a handout for for how I could have left my relationship in the best way possible that would have worked out favorably for me I would have taken it with both hands because it was tough it was really really tough um and it really opened my eyes because I remember just going onto google search and being like why does this happen like what is this this?" and then realizing like Tanwin like you said researching and being like wow oh my gosh there's a whole reason why somebody acts like this and and being able to you know give that in a um in a kind of a plan for someone and say, this is the plan. This is how we're going to get you out of this and make sure we don't go back into that type of relationship again um, is, is an, is an honor to honestly work and do. And I really do enjoy it. Oh, it's, I, I just think you're doing such great work and all, also just with the holistic side of things, because I think that is probably the most important thing. You yes. know, we've talked about, uh, we've talked about, the childhood trauma and and the neglect that you might have gone through or the other side where you got everything and that's why you became a narcissist that whole you know a lot of psychologists I think call it reparenting yes yeah yeah. um that is the most important thing and it the the I, I feel the answer is holistic therapy because just um doing therapy to get you out of that is is probably not the answer because the chances are that you will encounter a narcissist again. Um, yeah, exactly. And and this is the thing, you can't avoid narcissists. You can't. There's not like they don't carry a sign going, hey, I'm a narcissist. Just avoid me at all costs. 
you won't. But this is why I did coaching because coaching therapy goes back into, you know, the, the whys of what happened whilst coaching is very future thinking. So for me, I'm a very proactive person. And I always have been. I was very future thinking. And for me, that's why coaching was the way forward for me to do after I got my qualifications. Um, but reparenting is also so with my program and with when I work with clients I do have elements of reparenting so I do say to people you know journal journaling is very important I feel like everyone should journal in day-to-day anyway um journaling is very important but little things like basically your intuition because what a narcissist does is they chip away if you look at yourself as like an iceberg right they've chipped away and chipped away and there's a little bit of the iceberg left but that doesn't mean that you can't rebuild that so what we're doing is by reparenting, what you're doing is you're essentially rebuilding again. And that's so mm-hmm. important because you have to, because you've dedicated so much time to someone else and put all your energies and you're drained, you're physically and mentally exhausted. Because remember the brain, uh, it's a muscle that you're using constantly. And if you're on edge, that fear, that you're, you're essentially acting out of the fear-based area of your brain constantly so that's you've constantly got adrenaline going you've constantly got all these um chemicals in your body that are constantly on edge so you need to learn to relax and those are things when you're in a narcissistic you've had a narcissistic parent for example you don't know how to because you're constantly on edge and bringing it back to the conversation we were saying earlier about parents um when your kids are, you're arguing okay you don't need to argue in front of your children but you can say mommy and daddy have had a disagreement you know, because that's yeah. normalizing communication and that's not going to create any, um, you know, very trauma induced narcissist um, traits in, in, in a child. Yeah. And I think it takes away from the 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 kind of I don't know. So then you put yeah. you know what you're saying about putting the blame on yourself. I'm sure that happens to so many people where you kind of yeah. you, you have a, a lack of knowledge about something or you there may be a gap so you put yourself in that gap and say yep yeah, I'm the only reason that I can think or the fault in this that must must be my as humans, as humans we assume as humans yeah. we naturally assume you know if your friend doesn't call you back you're like oh what have I done wrong so someone that's got an angst again if you've got an anxious style um, attachment style when the narcissist doesn't call you back you're thinking the worst oh you're like oh my gosh they haven't called back have mm. they um have they died? Are they cheating? Are they doing this? And the narcissist is sitting there watching your phone calls like, this is great. Look at it. And, yeah. and this is the problem. You know, I think it's very important. Again, this is why I say, I talk about narcissism on a spectrum because there's people that just have narcissistic traits. You know, we all have narcissistic traits in somewhere, but there's people that have full-blown NPD. Um, yeah. So that's really, really important. But back to what Tanway said about the uh, wellness element and the holistic view on it. The reason why I kind of incorporate the holistic idea is because when you're so focused on making someone someone else your everything, your whole base is around them, you lose so many different elements of yourself. So the reason why I'm like practice yoga is because it brings you back to yourself, your, your center self. It, mm-hmm. it You start building yourself up again, doing things like yoga, journaling, taking five minutes a day just to journal. You're being, that little bit of selfishness is actually reparenting you, but also you're, you're, you're starting to build that sense of self again. And these are the things that after um, narcissistic abuse, you, you, you need to do. Doing things, I say like, you know, if you love museums, go to a museum by yourself. Mm. So learning how, and that's all again, bringing back the attachment styles, you're changing that because you know, 
I'm not going to be anxiously affixed to someone in in a relationship. I'm going to have, you know, everybody wants to have a secure attachment style, and that's the aim for everyone to get at. Um, um, and 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 when you're a secure attachment style, you do things by yourself. You know, you know, there's you allow safe space for your partner. So you allow your partner to have interests, and you allow your partner to, you know, um, go out. And if they don't come home, maybe an hour, you know, later than they're meant to. That's okay. Things happen. You know, it's not the worst, um, worst thing in the world. Um, so that's why the holistic part is really important because it, it for women, um, it brings back the sense of self. They feel like they ha- they start to build their identity and and also men. But I work with women, so that sense of identity is being rebuilt again. So it's really important. Food is an incredible medicine. I say it to everyone, food can be used as medicine. Um, and and I think that we are in a generation of let's just shove pills and we can diagnose and we yeah. can do all of this. This is all great. You can do all of that. But to get to the root issue of why, you know, we are such a, an ill society is it, it's because of what we consume our media, mm. our, our food. So that's why I like to do the holistic approach and say to women, you know, like limit your time on social media because what you're seeing on social media isn't real. You need to eat good food because when you eat a very good diet, your body is, is happy. Your body is getting what it needs to grow, you know, and, and and all these things. Preparing yourself your favorite meal rather than, you know, having that quick, like, um, you know, freezer meal. It has such an impact on our mental health as well. And people don't look at mental health as a, um, as a you know, when, when we talk mental health, I still feel, I know the conversation is a lot more open now, but I still feel like it's an issue because we can't see mental health. You know, if you have a broken leg, you know, they'd say to you, you know, go to the hospital and sort it out. But sometimes you can have a brain injury. I like to look at it like that. And 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 you need to look after that. So if you are a victim of narcissistic abuse, you essentially have a brain injury. You have a lot of um, uh, NPD victims will have uh, complex PTSD. They'll have PTSD yeah. and that stops them from having fulfilling relationships. And this is why the holistic approach is so important because how do we get you to have a fulfilling life so you can have fulfilling relationships? And that's not just, oh, you know, here's how to spot red flags. Here's how to um, avoid a narcissist. No, that's looking at everything that made you attractive to that narcissist and making sure that we change that and making sure that when, you know, you you encounter someone and you're able to enable your boundaries and be like, no, you know, you might not have a full-blown narcissist, but say someone that has narcissistic personality uh, traits, and you are like, no, these are my boundaries. And if you don't respect these boundaries, they're non-negotiable. And I'm not going to allow you to negotiate them because these are essentially what um, make me. And this is my, rep- my boundaries are a representation of how much self-worth I have. And this is where people need to understand that your, your boundaries, when we often feel like we're being rude. I feel like, I don't know if you agree with me, maybe it's a bit different than we're in, in Australia, but in Britain, we like to be very polite. And we mm-hmm. always we're profusely apologizing. So when I, <laughs> we, you know, if I'm late for something, I'll go, oh, um, you know, it's five minutes late. It's not going to the end of the world, but we'll be like, oh, I'm ever so sorry. I'm late. I'm so sorry. We're always apologize. There's no need to apologize. It's a thank you for waiting for me. And, and, and it's time, you know, and this is where we go wrong as a society. We're constantly apologizing for our actions and we need to change that because mm. boundaries are non-negotiable. Those are a reflection of how you feel about yourself. So if my yeah. boundaries, I don't want to be with somebody. So I, one of the biggest boundaries I, I like to enforce for women um, that I work with is you need to have the boundary of I'm allowed to 
have a self time for myself away from our relationship and if a man doesn't respect that in that or a female doesn't respect that they are allowed you have to enforce that because what happens is you're two people in a relationship you're not one person you don't need to merge your identities because that's when it becomes unhealthy mm. so again, boundaries are non-negotiable if I can hone that in then I'm honing yeah. on that because it's such an important part because that in itself will literally filter out so many issues in your relationships as well just having those boundaries and for a narcissist a woman with boundaries it's it's tough they don't like that that's too much work I I actually think that that is the thing that will filter out all the toxic relationships yeah, um I agree it, boundaries because that you know at least it'll filter out every single narcissist because they just don't like like boundaries and and that whole holistic approach that you're talking about i think boundaries actually come from that because when you are looking after yourself when you look journaling and doing things like yoga and meditation and 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 you know just being being con being conscious and not not living that people pleasing um uh, lifestyle uh which sorry just going actually just uh, digressing a little bit going back to the politeness aspect that you talk about if yeah. you combine that with the people pleasing you know you've got almost no chance with a narcissist do you yeah um, yeah. um so imagine, yeah imagine you're sitting there trying to people please and a narcissist is loving this because they're like wow you're doing you're like a like a almost like a a puppy performing and this oh, is yeah. when you sit down so when you're doing the the holistic view the holistic view that I have so when you're sitting there and you're going I'm doing yoga every morning and that's your routine and you do not move from that 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 in itself is it speaks volumes you're putting yourself forward because that's what you want to do that's what you feel is right for you to do and th that sense of boundaries is it like again it is as a, for some reason I feel like it's culturally a, a problem where we constantly feel like we need to profusely apologize for saying no and I feel like as well women we're often um this is it's a, a deeper conversation but women we often find ourselves apologizing um because we feel like we have to because then we're seen as too too brash or too loud or too stush or to you know a lot of things and we're, we have a that comes out of fear because we don't want to be you know the the prestige girl or the girl that like acts or the gold digger and things like that but that that in itself when you set those boundaries if you have those boundaries you're not gonna you're not gonna encounter that issue because those people just they don't have access to you um no exactly. yeah and i think with the with the boundaries you're right i think it's it's a society issue for sure and i think it's also just a human um human issue probably from our evolutionary days where we um uh, did not want to be rejected or abandoned um you know we've we've, we've still got these lingering things in our brain like the hard wiring yeah. that that prevents us from set from setting boundaries saying no just just fearing that abandonment or rejection and you know what people don't realize is is if you do set boundaries and say no and say that you know at that 6 p.m every day I go to the gym and and that's that that's what I do and if you get rejected for that then people need to realize that that is not the right relationship for you anyway that's a saving grace that really is like because what happens is, is, remember, the first, when you're dating someone or you're getting to know someone, that is the very much the highlight reel of your relationship. 
because you've had no obstacles. And so when you're dating a narcissist, what happens is they do it. So maybe I can go into the red flags of narcissism. And one of the things that they do is a thing called love bombing. So if you're an, uh, you're, you're, you're an anxious attachment style, um, you know, a narcissist will go, you're nothing like anyone else. I love you. You're amazing. They overwhelm you with love. It's literally love bombing. And mm -hmm. what happens with that is you're just so, you, you get caught up in this cycle of like, oh, I feel amazing. I feel so high. I feel great. Constantly, you know, having tokens of love. And you're like, this is a relationship I've never had before. This is amazing. Like, wow. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got all these gifts. I've got all these kind words. Um, and, and, and that basically is like when they come on too strong, that's a very big red flag. So if you enter a relationship with someone and all of a sudden they're like, it's a whirlwind romance. You know, we, we, we really, I feel like Hollywood has made this issue, but we have a thing yeah. about when romances and oftentimes if someone comes on that strong, it's because that, you know, you have to look at it and think, mm, no, because slow, slow and steady wins the race and not always. Mm. But when you're dealing with a narcissist, that is a way to filter out a narcissist. Another way is, um, going into red flags so love bombing is the number one thing that you'll you'll find in the beginning stages of your relationship um mm -hmm. two is that they kind of take like subtle digs um and they kind of make jokes and they get mad when you don't laugh at their jokes so they kind of compare you maybe to another person in a negative way but say oh i'm only joking I'm only joking. I'm over joking. But what happens is these small comments add up and they start to chip away at your confidence. Mm -hmm. And then you start feeling like anything that that person says, you want to feel like you need to, you know, get their approval. And also with narcissists, another one is a thing called future faking, which basically mm -hmm. um, is they've, they've basically put you into their life. And like, it's almost like, a you know, they've glued you in. So it's just like, oh, I see this amazing um, life of us. They make like massive promises that just won't happen. Like I'm going to be somebody and you're going to be my my partner along it. And we're going to have this great life and I'm going to buy you this and that and this. And we, if you're anxiously attached to someone, those ideas, because you basically fall in love with the fantasy of the relationship rather than the actuality of the relationship. So mm -hmm. another way to... To, to look at it as well and then yeah number four is a, a great way is that they don't seem to have many friends or they don't have any friends at all because narcissists are like narcissists focus so much on love bombing their partners they don't really have time for many other people in their lives um and there's a lot of research actually behind that um uh, it's really interesting again definitely to look at but narcissists are very successful in finding friends but over time they can't maintain them as well which is really um, important and um if you feel another red flag is that you constantly feel like you're having to defend them. Um, you, you know, you lose sight of your own personal wants and needs and feelings and you're constantly, you know, defending the narcissist and their actions as well. So those, those are kind of five red flags to look out for when you're entering any type of new relationship. But again, like you said, if we have those boundaries that that will filter out those people naturally, because, you know, mm. If you are sitting there going, I've got yoga at 6 p.m. I'm going to yoga every single day at 6 p.m. And in the morning, I'm going to work. And at work, I don't answer my phone calls. And narcissists mm. are going to be like, wait, I can't love bomb you. I can't future fake with you. I can't do all these things with you. So that will naturally filter them out because there's someone else that they can find that will be an easier victim, an easier target almost. Do you think some yeah. of these people have... Um... A, a desire not, not to trap people as such but like say if you're 
a bit harder to crack. Do you think that makes it more attractive for them though? Could it possibly be Massively. on the other side of it where it's like, oh, she's not onto my phone. Maybe, maybe what else can I try to, to make this work? Like to, to get her deeply attached to me. So yeah, of course, massively. So what uh, narcissistic women may do is they may, might, so this is, so with narcissistic personality disorder is it's very much a sense of self being very grand. They feel like they're great. It's all very like that. But what happens is oftentimes, um, which is again, more the, the, the therapy side of it is, uh, if you get it confused with bipolar, so oftentimes BPD will be confused for narcissism as well. Again, it's very difficult to differentiate between the two sometimes for people. For people, um, but with um, with women that are a challenge, or if you're a challenge, um, that's more of a test for some narcissists. Depends. I, I like to I like to describe it as maybe they're a little bit more seasoned narcissists. So they're like, this is more fun. Like I'm gonna go for someone that I can break down. Yeah. Um, and, and make want me because who wouldn't want the wo- like come on who wouldn't want the woman that's like a 10 10 you know like who's the woman yeah. that's got her career together that's got everything going for them she's got a house she's got everything why wouldn't I that's more of a challenge that's more of an emotional supply mm-hmm. like that's like you know it's like different I don't know foods and the calories that the foods have that's way more calories for me to get than you know the the lesser so I, I think yeah there is that element of it I think that we often um fine I feel like you know what I do feel like narcissistic victims are often painted as like these weak people I know we've been talking about anxious attachments down all these things but they don't tend to be so what happens is, is that kind of idea of oh the reason why the narcissist got with you is because you know or, or managed to get with you is because you were weak it's nothing to do with that it's actually because you were probably so full you had a lot of self uh, self um you know on the outside you projected like you know you had your life together and all of this and that's a challenge and they want to break that down so yeah it's it's both again and it's 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 horrible but in in remember narcissism again is not just relationships it's also in parents so oftentimes your people please like how many people watching this or listening to this um have turned around and just done things for their parents because if it's not then I'm not going to feel loved by my parents because they feel like if I people please um, constantly, I'm just, it's all about getting that um, payoff of um, of love back. And what that actually is, is because of the neglect that you've suffered in whatever relationship, romantic or not, is the, you, you get dopamine released. So when your parents turned around, your narcissistic mother or narcissistic father turned around and was like, I'm proud of you because you went and got your, you know, I don't know, medical degree and you didn't even want to do medicine. You wanted to do art that's a payoff so you just did it for that payoff because remember that chemical um is addictive dopamine we want that dopamine we want that um in in us so yeah it's really yeah it's 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 hard it's very difficult to say um what exactly makes a narcissist a a person a ideal victim for a narcissist because there's so many different elements and that's why again making sure that you have a strong sense of self and boundaries will help so much yeah, and I think you know why this is important, but once you have boundaries and once you have a good sense of self and you're looking after yourself and, and your whole, um, uh, it, it's, you, you sort of start empathizing a little bit more and, you know, I actually just feel really bad for them now. It's, um, it, it's, it's a sad, sad life, isn't it, that they lead constantly chasing this because they've got, they're just so empty. Um, mm-hmm. 
like this chasing thing that you mentioned, you know, they, they might chase for a little bit, right? But then they need their supplies, so they, they move on pretty quickly. Yeah, um, narcissists, so a lot of women will come to me and be like, so Romero, is he dating or what's he doing? He's left me alone for a little bit. So there's a thing that narcissists do as well called hoovering. So when you've left the relationship, yeah. they'll come back and try and get you back a little bit. But that's because their emotional supplies elsewhere are, yeah. are drying up. So this is the thing that a lot of um, uh, when women tell me that I'm like, yeah, unfortunately, he probably had, you know, elsewhere it's drying up. So he's coming back for that reason. Um, so, yeah, it is. It is. It's it's a horrible existence. Like, yeah. you know, and, and, and as someone that suffered it myself, I that's why I I it was my journey to forgiveness, if that made mm. sense, understanding and mm. empathizing. It really helped me because I didn't it took me a year and it took a lot of a lot of work but now I have no anger towards that person and I think Mm -hmm. this is the thing people often go through breakups and uh relationship breakdowns and they have so much anger that it it, they don't actually truly forgive the person so when you actually sit down and you learn about narcissism and if you were in a narcissistic relationship you feel so bad for them you're like I'm so sorry you're like that I'm so glad I'm away from it though because now I love me more so even though I'm so sorry, you're you know you're 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 suffering this emptiness. Um, I I deserve better than that. I deserve someone that's full of love and that we can pour into each other's cups and 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 so on. Do you think do you think narcissists like n- know that they are there, or do you think they're just kind of like in the loop of denial where they think, oh no, like I can't. Yeah. Do the other person is the one that has the faults. Like I'm the one that's trying here. I'm the one that's being so. Like you said, like I'm the one that's being so loving. I'm the one that's showing affection, buying gift, doing this, doing that. Like it's the other person that's at fault here. Yeah, no, a narcissist does not know that they're a narcissist. If if somebody basically questions if they're a narcissist, they're not. So a narcissist is so when I mean their sense of self is so inflated that nobody is right. Like they know what's right. They know, you know, um, they're so self-important they live in a fantasy world that basically supports their delusions of grandeur so they basically you know nothing can infiltrate that um and also if you're constantly if you're feeling so entitled and you're constantly exploiting others without guilt you you, you're not going to feel that so no a narcissist um someone that's a true narcissist not narcissistic traits but a true narcissist yeah uh, they don't, they don't know they unfortunately it's 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 a lifelong crippling disorder it, in your experience have you experienced it is um sort of you just said it's lifelong but does it do you think when when they're getting older and they're just losing everyone all their friends all their relationships they it, it can't be a good existence as as we've said but mm-hmm. as they get older do they do you think the the level of narcissism or they just sort of move on that spectrum towards being normal mm, for me personally in my experience I feel like if you probably you know every, I, I'm sure you have turned where like encountered loads of like articles that basically yeah. make um narcissists look like they're inherently evil and incapable yeah. of change um but I, I'm very much against the idea that as humans, because we remember we're humans, right? If we can, we can always, we're constantly evolving. We're constantly learning. If you're in a state of constantly learning, you're ever evolving. Um, but I feel like these assumptions of narcissists being so evil or whatever, I feel like it doesn't do justice to how complex narcissists are. 
Mm. So I, I feel like the truth is I feel like everybody is capable of change, but it takes so much work. Now, if a narcissist, remember, if, if I'm a narcissist, I have such a grand sense of self. I don't feel like I need to change. And remember, I have a fantasy world that's supporting the idea as well. I'm not going to feel like I need to change. You know, doing that shadow work and that work is a lot of self-reflection. And, 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 and actually being able to change is realizing the toxic in you as well. And a narcissist mm. is able to do that. So if they, I feel like if, if somebody wanted to change and they are a narcissist, I think that if it takes a lot of work um, as long as they're willing to make that change through really intense therapy, re- to go into the root, root cause. And this is yet, this will be years and years of trauma that's affected them. Then proactive in their decision-making, conscious decision-making to not act out things that are very natural to them as well. Actually, before um before I leave this is, so if you grew up with a narcissistic parent, I don't know if I touched on it earlier, but I'm just going to say it again is, so oftentimes people take on narcissistic traits to survive. So if you had a narcissistic mother, for example, you she might constantly demean as a child that's your normality so you might do that as well so it's uh if you ever question the fact that oh am I a narcissist you're probably not you probably just have narcissistic uh, traits that you've inherited as well through through parenting styles as well um so yeah so for me I think everyone is is able to change but it takes a lot of work and whether or not someone is willing to do that is um is the question to really ask that person and again it, it's hard who wants to change growth is painful who really wants to sit down and go no actually you're the bad person not many people want to do that and then like you said you know they're, they're unlikely to seek therapy uh, or that change if they think so highly of themselves and they haven't had that realization and it's again you know the reason why I feel sad for them is because they've got they've had years of trauma that they've Mm -hmm. had to deal with and and you know narcissism at the end of the day they might feel grandiose and they might feel uh this amazing person that they are it's it's just they're they're protecting themselves from the world because they've had nothing so that's exactly they have an avoidant attachment style they're avoiding feeling those feelings so where if you're constantly running from your feelings, like so if I say, for example, I had a parent that was neglectful or you had a parent that was neglectful and they never cuddled you when you were sad, you know, or they when you when you were upset, they hit you. So you don't know. Again, even with, it is really sad because if you look at it like they don't know how to love because they were overindulged or underindulged over there or they don't know how to but they they generally don't know they're not conscious of what they're doing as well remember that so if uh, if you're not a narcissist if you're conscious of like things you do so I don't know if you've ever done this but I know I've kind of said if I want someone to do something maybe like my partner I have wanted him to do something and I'd be like oh well blah blah blah's boyfriend would do it and um he'd be like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I feel like we do it we do little comparisons of things yeah. I'm very conscious of that you'd be conscious of that because afterwards after they've done it you'd be like oh that was kind of mean me saying I had to use someone else to, to to say you know do this for me but you're conscious of it but a narcissist isn't conscious of that so a narcissist generally is comparing you to someone to make you feel bad whilst you know in normal a normal relationship you know it's it's normal to just turn around and do little things that annoy your partner or a person you're with so it's it's about understanding that. So if you've ever, anyone listening to this, if you've ever questioned if you're a narcissist, you're probably not. <laughs> I've been thinking that the whole time. I've been like questioning everything. <laughs> I've been listening to you guys talk and I'm like, 
like, cool. Does that mean does that mean I need to speak to someone? I'm I, when I started my journey, I generally was like, oh my gosh, like, am I the narcissist? Like, or was he the narcissist? What's going on? Like, oh my gosh, and it's this wormhole. Once you get into this wormhole, it's crazy. But no, if you add like this conversation to a narcissist, they wouldn't even be open to this conversation. They'd find it boring. They'd be like, oh, what is this nonsense that these guys are talking about? So, uh, and, and again, so if you're sitting there questioning yourself, because you're, you're, so what you've just done is evaluate yourself and look and go, oh, I, I've done this. I've done that. Does that make me? It's not that. Everyone is, is somewhat have a, a trait of narcissist, but a true narcissist, again, they generally, generally do not think I have a, 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 an issue. They'll generally think, oh, no, this is just boring. Why are these not talking about this? Because they don't realize there's an issue. Or if they've been diagnosed on the rare occasion that people are diagnosed with narcissistic personality disorder, which is extremely rare. Um, and I feel like that whole diagnosis around um, NPD is is full of smoke at the moment because it's changing, because narcissism is changing. The whole landscape, I, again, I really do feel like uh, social media really does perpetuate this idea mm -hmm. of grand imagery and self-worth is dependent on on so many elements that aren't aren't what they should be on so bringing those boundaries in again you know whereas if you feel like you're a narcissist making sure that you're doing your journaling making sure that you're reparenting yourself um if you're doing that kind of stuff on a day-to-day -day, even just on a day-to-day -day, if you question things that you do that you might have narcissistic traits that means you're not definitely a full-blown narcissist though yeah you know what i you know what i think scary is um what you just mentioned that it's uh in on the rare occasion that it might be diagnosed and that's yeah. the scary thing because because it's so difficult to diagnose mm -hmm. there are so many people out there i feel I, i've read some stats in books i think it's what maybe three to five percent that might be diagnosed or sorry three to five percent of the population so yeah. can you imagine how many? how many people are out there who are actually <laughs> not how can you go and get a diagnosis for someone that doesn't know that they're ill? And imagine as well, if say for a narcissistic man, how do you get a diagnosis if he's constantly getting new emotional supplies and he just comes across as a player or he's just got a new girlfriend? Do you know what I mean? Or um, a narcissistic mother, for example, how many people turn around to their mum and say, no, the way you're acting is not okay. You know, that's there's people don't want to do that. It's so uncomfortable. And also, like, it's scary because you can't see it. People are just like, I can't physically see it. there's nothing wrong. It's just their personality. But what it is, is, again, narcissism is a personality disorder. So because, again, like I said earlier on, we're not acting out hallucinations. We're not acting out, you know, um, things that aren't there. So we're not basically acting strange as what society would say is strange. I don't like using that word, but that's what it is so how do you get the diagnosis how do we do yeah. it so again you know and it again so again bringing it back to the change thing a narcissist is only going to change if they sit down and go there's an actual real real issue here and i really want to counteract that but how many want to change the programming of their their self and it's you, know, <laughs> you know what you guys are saying there is also I, like from from my side i've just been like trying to absorb as much information as i <laughs> I could do in this conversation so there's like two yeah. massive things that i've taken away from it really in terms of obviously there's there's two possible solutions in my head right now that i see either you build uh, the victim as such um yeah. so you you look at the self-love 
there's a there's that well-known saying right like you, you need to love yourself before someone else can love you so mm-hmm. not pouring into your cup as such it's a matter of you both are pouring into each other's so yeah. once you have that person the victim that understands and loves themselves they're not going to let this kind of abusive nature take over it or there's a lesser chance of that being the case and on the other side of it trying to actually focus on the the actual narcissist on themselves and try and work on on them and fixing them but I don't know whether it's possible to actually lead a narcissist to change if the victims are not like as exposed or available to abuse as such um i don't know whether that would still hold but yeah yeah, thinking through that i think with that as well it's so interesting that you've taken that away it's so good that you've taken that away because that in itself is basically the core understanding of what you know when you look into narcissism now which i'm sure many people will go and look into it it's it's eye-opening because they're things that nobody teaches you you know mm. we're we're not taught that unless you go and seek that knowledge you wouldn't be aware of it you just think someone's just not a nice person maybe or they're just mm. a, like whatever and, and and I think as humans we like to look in the better part of people's nature so we don't want to think it's something deep like that as well um mm. and, and and I think we do that because we just hope for the best but with narcissists again because it's such an issue in today's modern society they're everywhere so it's when you have those boundaries that will protect you in every interaction really because if if for example I have a boundary and I'm saying I don't want to be spoken to in a certain type of way you're protecting yourself your sense your sense of self really and um that will in in dating in love that will be so important especially if you're you know trying to trying to actively date um that will filter out the guys and girls that you don't want to date and it will just cut it cuts to the chase a little bit better as well it's like when you go for a job there's a screening process right so why are we not screening our partners like that as well there's boundaries essentially when you're looking for a job so why is there not boundaries when we get partners you know we look at things like oh you know they've got a great job they've got a nice car they're nice we get on but then looking asking the questions like how is your relationship like with your mother how is your relationship like with people? And understand that because this is a long-term person. If you're looking to actually be with this person, this is a long-term effect uh, that will affect your relationship further on. So it screens those things. And oftentimes narcissists will say how their exes are crazy. So if you're in a relationship with someone and they go, oh, they go, why did you break up with your partner? And they go, my ex was crazy. Um, that will be um, another red flag to look into as well. Because why was your ex crazy? What were you doing to make them crazy is a really good question to ask I know I definitely did that when I was when I started dating I was like so your ex is crazy what did you do um so that's another way to to look at it I think as well but again I think I know in this conversation we've been really focusing on like male narcissists but again um we've had examples of female narcissists and there is that issue as well it's not gender specific it's not age specific it's not any of those things it's a, a worldwide issue um, that affects all races all genders or everything it, it's so funny how it affects every single relationship that it affects um, narcissism it's almost exactly the same worldwide and it just blows me away yeah. <laughs> it's you know what and it's and it's it's it is really perpetuated. I really do feel like the media and social media is really p- making it like fuel it so much more because now everybody wants to be, you know, 
the topper, the best, and I'm the nicest, this, nicest, that. So I think with narcissists, they need to, they, it's almost like a pressure on them to be even more, um, you know, covert with their abuse almost and, and, and more, you know, strong with their, um, control over people. But it's something that we need to keep the conversation open about because, it, the implications of a narcissistic relationship are so crippling for someone. You know, people will end up, they're spending the rest of their life feeling like they have such a low sense of worth, self, you know, or they don't know who they are. They don't have an identity. I know so many women that I've worked with that are like, Amira, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I enjoy. I can't decision make. You ask someone, you know, um, one of the a telltale signs to, to tell if somebody's been in a narcissistic relationship is they they struggle to make decisions so you'll go right or left and they'll hesitate to even do such a simple decision like that because they're constantly were made to feel like whatever decision they made was wrong wow and this is why i think the awareness is so important and and you know the work that you're doing uh, for people to realize that if they have gone through this uh to to just be okay with feeling shit for a while, you know, because sometimes you start questioning that, oh, sh should I be feeling shit for this long? Um, mm -hmm. I've had a friend recently who also went through a narcissistic relationship, but again, luckily for him, it was only three months. Mm -hmm. But you, you know, you, you start thinking, oh, but it's been it's been six weeks already. I should be over it. But yeah. you know, the important thing is that you to these kind of conversations hopefully will raise that awareness that it does take time and it it's not normal. It is really crippling. And yeah. there are there is help available like like the service that you have um, um, to you know to seek those kind of services rather than just uh, um, just go by the societal norms and feel that you should get over it. Yeah, I, I, I like to emphasize this. I'm sure if anyone that follows me, I constantly say it, healing is not linear. It's mm. There's no time on it. That's why I only work with women for three months because I the minimum I'll work with them is three months because it's not a six-week process. It's not a four-week process. It's not some days. So again, healing is not linear. Some days you're going to feel great. Absolutely amazing. I'm over that person. I'm done. I feel great. The next day you'll feel like utter crap. And that's okay. I feel like we're in this rush to feel better. But in yeah. that rush, there's beauty in the journey. And that's what people forget. There really is. So when you're going through that healing process, it's painful. It is painful. And But you're, you're learning so much in that. And the beauty in that pain is you're learning what you don't want to feel like again. You know, and as humans, like we are our intrinsic thoughts that they're like, okay, I'm not going to feel like this again. How do I avoid that? And that's why you go on the self-discovery journey really, because you're like, how do I avoid ever feeling that pain again? It's like, you know, the first time you touched maybe a fire and your parent was like, don't touch that. And you went and touched it. And they're like, now you've learned and you never touched fire again, but it, it teaches you, you know, let's not make those same mistakes again. Healing again, I, I keep saying it because it's so important. You're not going to be okay in six months. You're not going to be okay in a year. It's different to each person. Remember each uh, trauma and abuse that you've suffered, especially with a narcissist, it manifests in different ways. It can manifest in your body. So you have to heal that. You know, if I all of a sudden just start drinking turmeric tea to get rid of inflammation, it doesn't mean all the inflammation in my body's gone. You know, that's mm. the one. So it's all about looking at the process and being like, okay, right, this is going to take me a while. That's okay. 
because I have some time and and that's okay because you're working on again it helps you in your journey of learning about yourself and getting your self-confidence back is because you're doing this for you you're not doing it for anyone else you're doing it so you can feel better and that's 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 in itself that's that's in itself is if you want to do it on a point scoring system you've got a point there because you've done it for yourself so you've taken yourself out of that relationship and now you're doing this for yourself and it is difficult it's really hard and especially with a narcissist that the the actions they do like um hoovering um they'll do things like making sure they speak bad about you so they you know almost ruin your reputation amongst people you won't have any friends because you know maybe you had the same friendship groups it's all about starting again and that's tough that's really tough and there is no pressure on anyone to be like you have to be okay now it's been six months you have to be okay it's been three weeks no you can if it takes you five years to heal it takes you five years to heal and that's okay and I think we need to stop putting pressure on you need to be over this and move on like yeah as long as you know it's a process and and there's beauty in that process wow honestly there's been so much (laughs) so much I've taken away from this and I think this has probably been one of the most insightful episodes that we've done so far and I really want to just thank you for all of your insight um all of your wisdom around this topic I think there's another aspect of of relationships that we may need to touch on down the line where it may not even be a uh, a toxic relationship as such but something that might not have worked out on the and the trauma around that even but um yeah. especially around this kind of aspect of, uh, of narcissism i think it's it's been really helpful to 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 learn about what your experiences have been um the, the kind of red flags and things that people might not even be aware of and and a lot of people may be listening to this and and maybe in a in a relationship with a narcissist and it's helping them to try and understand whether that is them in that victim situation. Um, but yeah, so I, I just really want to thank you for for everything that you've said there. One big thing is just that I hope that we can help our listeners understand is that really just work on, on loving yourself first and then mm-hmm. try and just build yourself up. And there's so many aspects that we've learned here that play a, a factor in in building yourself up whether that's your diet whether that's your routine and doing yoga journaling so try and fix everything in a bit by bit and and try and build yourself up to feel really good about yourself and hopefully that should should lead to a better relationship in any circumstance even if it isn't with uh, even if you are in a healthy good relationship if you feel better in yourself um, clearly that's going to help um, the both of you succeed and, and prosper together as well so thank you so much if I, i'll leave it to you to to drop any final comments but um that that's it's been amazing thank you so much for having me both of you i i, I feel very honored thank you um yeah so i do uh, for anyone that's suffering from narcissistic abuse uh, want to get out of their breakup or just going for a really tough breakup i do one-on-one coaching sessions um and also I am bringing out uh, with a friend of mine that is a therapist so we can actually get to the root issue and work you through it. We're bringing out a, a program called Triggered. It's called Triggered Talks and that focuses on getting women and elevating them to the women that they want to be. So um, we'll be releasing that very shortly. Um, I'm sure that you guys will put up my, our Instagram handles. Um, but yeah, it's it's a journey. When, if you can take something away from this podcast um let it be that healing is not linear it's a process and be okay with that process and it takes time 
and it's better to focus on yourself even if it is for a few months or a few a year or two it's better that than a lifetime of feeling like how you feel wow honestly amira you've made it really difficult because we do the one minute or 30 second um kind of uh <laughs> teaser before we release any episode so i, I don't know how many minutes of, of great to get through today <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. I'd like to thank you as well. Thanks, Amira. It's been a great conversation and I'm sure it's going to be beneficial for a lot of people. So thanks again. Thank you.